for a very long time, there hasn't been much in the way of, of any competition in terms of standing for delivery or real drive to buy uh, precious metals. It's, it's interesting that they've gone as high as they have in the face of rising real interest rates. But this is something that I've been talking about for a long time with the, the de-dollarization and all of the countries that are simultaneously selling treasuries and buying gold because it's a recent, it's somewhat of a recent phenomenon where entities view government debt as an asset in, in place of gold. It's kind of going the other way around. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics for another edition of the weekly physical silver report, which normally features Andy Shackman of Miles Franklin, who is on the front lines of what is going on in the retail physical silver and gold industry. And Andy is joining me as always today. So Andy, it's great to have you here, along with a special mm -hmm. guest who uh, we were talking about some things together before we hit the record button, and that is Lee from Pimpy's Investment Chat. And Lee has decided to stick around and join us for today's call to share some of his insight into what he's been seeing and talking about on his show as well. So Lee, it's great to have you here with us as well. And um, a lot happening in the gold and silver markets. Uh, on Sunday night, we had a spike to a new all-time high in gold getting above 2150. Now, yeah. it did not last there all that long, and obviously on Monday, uh, we saw prices come in quite a bit, but Andy, perhaps we'll start with you uh, just getting any thoughts on the move up and down, uh, and while you're answering that, I have a slide I'll pull up of just how much paper was placed on the market on Monday, driving the prices lower, but anything you'd like to share about that, perhaps along with uh, if there's been any significant customer reaction to that that you've heard or order flow and perhaps we could start there well yeah you know i mean uh it was it was crazy certainly friday was a very very a strong day for the metals and, and a busy day uh for for the market and you know i don't think any of us would have anticipated the way that it would have opened up uh sunday night up over 50 dollars just like that and and silver up uh 50, 60 cents. And um, uh, I, I'm expecting this to happen at some point. But when you saw the positioning on, on the commitment to traders report, the commercial banks have really loaded up on, on the short side as the managed money has driven the price up. And that's always an ominous sign. Uh, and, and that's what you're probably going to talk about here. Um, look, until the commercial banks are rendered uh, as or or this market is rendered the way it should be as as really a a inaccurate reflection of the the real value of gold and silver where the 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 derivative is controlling the price rather than the other way around i think it will be more of the same however the problem is with this whole thing is that um you know for a very long time there hasn't been much in the way of of any competition in terms of standing for delivery or real drive to buy uh, precious metals. It's, it's interesting that they've gone as high as they have in the face of rising real interest rates. But this is something that I've been talking about for a long time with 
the the de-dollarization and all of the countries that are simultaneously selling treasuries and buying gold because it's a recent it's somewhat of a recent phenomenon where entities view government debt as an asset in in place of gold it's kind of going the other way around but what i'm really getting at is that i i expect this to accelerate and the reason i say that is all the stuff i've talked about about like last week we talked about saudi arabia signing a swap agreement with with china and and that means that they trade in local currencies to get favorable rates and sidestep the swift sidestep the dollar and saudi arabia i've talked a lot about who has made admissions to doing everything from joining the BRICS, the belt road with all the other opec countries on the belt road the shanghai cooperation organization the new development bank but they told everyone in davos that they would be open to taking other currencies for oil open well, the United Arab Emirates, the day before, now right now in the United Arab Emirates, they have a conference with 200 countries there represented on, United, uh, on the um, um, United Nations uh, Summit for Climate Control, Climate uh, Concerns, whatever, some woke thing that is in the U UAE, and they have 200 countries there represented. And it's no coincidence that the day before they publicly announced that they're no longer taking dollars for oil. They're the seventh largest oil producer in the world who just alongside Saudi Arabia and Iran joined the BRICS. Um, and it's interesting. I just want to read one comment. There was, you know, much like this woke stupidity that we keep finding ourselves in. They have a, a panel there today or yesterday, and it was called the She Changes panel. And... Uh, because I, evidently uh, gender uh, identity politics has a lot to do with climate change. And it was the former president of uh, Ireland, her name's Mary Robinson, and she was talking about how bad fossil fuels were. Well, this whole summit is being presided over by the head of the UAE state-owned oil company. And he says that, um, that if we completely eliminate fossil fuels in the near future, we will take the world back into the caves. And that there is no science out there that says that the phase out of fossil fuel will achieve the UN's global temperature goals, right through it right back at her. So what I'm getting at is that this endeavor that the world, the West is, is embarking upon, not only is, is not well thought out uh, in the respect that the majority of all of the rare earth metals are found in the Eurasian continent and, and in Indonesia and these OPEC countries, they're the ones who have it all anyway. And also, you have 80 to 85% of the world who's not doing this. And the United Arab Emirates is choosing sides. And, and it, while it's not as dramatic as Saudi Arabia and the rest of OPEC doing the same thing, it is a massive shot across the bow. And there's no coincidence, you have 200 countries there who witness this, that no, we're not taking dollars for oil anymore. You will wake up one Monday morning to what we saw Sunday night. The only difference is there will be follow through Monday morning where the commercial banks will capitulate. Because the only way you can successfully manipulate a market over a period of time is to push it in the direction that it is going. And being naked short right now, when I know you're gonna show me how much was dumped onto the market. I know they dumped almost 13 million ounces of paper gold and, all, and 850 million ounces, or excuse me, 200 million ounces of paper silver. I mean, right, really? I mean, at some point you do that, you're going to go the way of the dodo bird. There it is.
And, and when you talk about the lengths at which they're going to, to take people's eye off the ball is extraordinary. So it was a drive-by shooting. So yeah, there are people largely that are watching you guys, watching me, watching others out here who are telling the truth that are realizing what's happening. And uh, today, Andy, I don't know if you know this, but busy. Iraq has decided as of the 1st of January, 2024, they're no longer no using the U.S. dollar. Well, do you know why? Let's talk about that for one minute. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, we invaded their country 20 years ago. Some would say illegally in, in search of weapons that weren't there. And we're currently sanctioning 14 of their banks for trading with Iran to buy liquid natural gas. But they made all the money that they make in their oil revenue, they're not allowed to direct. It's held in an account in the New York Fed. And get this, 2022, they made $90 billion in selling oil. About three, four weeks ago, they asked the US, can we please have 1 billion of the 90 that we made last year? And the US said, no, sorry. So on top of making it illegal, they also said, if you own a business and you trade in dollars, it's, you can go to prison and your business will be taken from you. They're the one country that I believe when you hear everyone talking about currency revaluations like the dinar, I never really bought into it. And some of them I don't. But when you look at Iraq, who just said, we would love to join the BRICS if we are invited, they're going to. Yep. They're going to join. Being pushed the into it. And, the, and, and so when you talk about the potential for a revaluation, sure, it's possible. But this is a country that was illegally invaded, that we've occupied for 20 years, supposedly install a new regime. And we still won't let them touch the money that, that they make selling their own natural resources. And, it's, and no, you can't have it. So yeah, yeah, that's videos the hypocrisy I've been making. of the West is, is catching up with us. Oh, yeah, I think that's uh, worldwide. And I'm not so sure that it's not done intentionally sometimes the way Biden acts. But, you know, I did a video recently explaining to people because a lot of people aren't aware of this. When it comes to Iraqi dinar, it's not really in their control and their oil revenues are controlled by the U.S. And I said, do you understand that when they pass a budget, they literally have to go to the United States and ask for that money, their own money. And people are getting tired of this. You know, that sounds like liberation to me. Doesn't it sound like liberation to you guys? And that's oh, yeah. the, that is the hypocrisy uh, that the, the world is pushing back against. It is hypocrisy where the West can do no wrong and others that, that try and defend themselves like Russia. And I'm not saying that Russia did. I'm not, I'm not speaking about the Ukraine war, but what I am saying is that, um, you know, I think that if you if if we had um, uh, BRICS countries uh, or BRICS military in Mexico, because Mexico's expressed interest in joining BRICS, so what oh, would yeah. the pushback be if all of a sudden we had uh, you know weapons and and armies and nuclear weapons and all of these things just across the border in Mexico on behalf what of the Russian and Chinese army at what border? <laughs> That's right. So my point is. I'm not making a judgment. I'm just simply saying the world will look at this and say, well, why did they get to make these choices? The weaponizing of the dollar was a massive mistake, as is telling Saudi Arabia and the rest of the BRICs were going green. And since we're on the subject and you said you think it, it, it's intentional, just Google Jared Bernstein. He's the chief economic advisor of the United States government. And his whole thesis is to lose the dollar's reserve status. That it is a privilege that is too exorbitant for us to ever to continue to own. It creates too many distortions and trade imbalances. So you want to lose the reserve status. Well, 
Weaponize the dollar, destroy your bond market because they recycle the dollars into bonds. How's that looking for them? And then tell the, the linchpin of the hegemony, Saudi, hey, thanks, guys, we're going green. So, yeah, I do think it is intentional, 100%. Yeah, so where do you think, we take a look at the bond market, it, it's not doing very good. What is it, just recently? How many buyers did they have on the bonds? I mean, well, it looked the, pathetic. The 30-year the auction they had was one of the worst that they've ever had. And you're right, no one, why would anyone want to buy bonds that are, that are a long maturity in a country that, uh, has no chance of paying that off whatsoever. I mean, they're choosing inflation over austerity. They they created $500 billion in the month of October. It took us almost 200 years to do that the first time. That's $6 trillion per year deficit. So, yeah, we are on an unsustainable path, and I think that is the reason that you're seeing China, at the same time, they're buying record amounts of gold, in fact, doubling what they, in fact, much more than they bought in 2022. And I want to say double. I think it is double. Let me just look. It's almost exactly double, I believe. To and what then you have India buying the silver. Right. But in, at the same time, they're at a 14-year low in U.S. treasuries. They're dumping treasuries and they're buying tremendous amounts of gold. And so, and silver. And yeah, India importing another 60 million ounces and all of that stuff. So, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. It's they're using... Um, the the Western suppression of the markets to de-dollarize, and, and this will continue. And Lee, it sounds like you're seeing a similar trend. Obviously, we've talked on the show here quite a bit about de-dollarization and countries getting a little bit concerned, perhaps somewhat fed up with some of the things they see from the American government. But do you think the move we're seeing in gold is really just a culmination of all these things building along with central banks buying or what, what do you think accounts for seeing gold finally set these new all-time highs at this particular time well I, I, I'm, it, to me this is just my opinion there obviously is some kind of agenda that might not be out in the open yet but you're to see record levels of gold being sold to all the central banks this is what i tell my listeners all the time don't do what they say do as they do there's a reason why they're piling up on gold. You know, we're going to find out here real soon what that means. But we do see a pattern of countries around the world de-dollarizing. They just had enough of all the bullying by the United States. And people go, when you say that, you must hate the United States. I was like, no, I love my country. I can't stand the government, which is two different things. And it really corrupt, in my opinion, not to go down that path. But they appear to be sabotaging this country. For some reason, they really are. And so people are tired of being bullied, tired of being told what to do, trying to uh, trying to be forced into this agenda that they don't want to push. And so one of the ways they can escape that is to get away from the dollar. If you're relying on the dollar in your country, then you are you know emboldened to these things that they want you to do. And if you get rid of the dollar, well, then there's nothing forcing your country to push whatever agenda America wants to push, in my opinion. I agree does seem like we're going in that direction now. Another thing that happened on Friday that really changed the tone of what was going on that trading day, we did have the latest appearance and conversation from Jerome Powell. And I thought this was interesting because he kept saying that, you know, we're not definitely at a restrictive stance yet. There's still the possibility of further rate hikes and mentions it's premature to say that there could be any cuts coming. And it doesn't seem like too many people believed him. Here in the blue line, we can see 
gold around 2040 for most of the day. And then right as he's talking, you know, it shot up 30 bucks higher. And then obviously you can see here in the red, the move that we had Sunday night, but Andy, are, are, are people just not believing him anymore? It was certainly quite a reaction in both gold and silver on Friday after he spoke. Well, I mean, maybe they do believe him. I don't know. I mean, if you lower rates, if you pivot, you've signaled the end of austerity. You've signaled inflation forever. You've signaled a dollar that is doomed. And, and you know, uh, all I can tell you is that I don't believe that they will pivot. Uh, I think if they do, we're in for far bigger problems. And that's why I've always said I think that this is intended. It's intended to create a villain and that villain would be OPEC and Xi Jinping and Putin for dumping the dollar, which would create inflation to levels that none of us can imagine. And the byproduct of that is interest rates that go parabolic, which resets the whole system. Everything from the banks to the dollar to stocks to bonds to real estate. You have a villain to point to, those bastards, those sons of bitches. But who's the number two economic advisor of this country? Her, her name's Lael Brainerd, modern monetary theorist. She ran point for FedNow, which is Venmo or Zelle, backed by the Federal Reserve. It's on steroids. It will replace the, the wires and the checks very soon, within a year. She ran uh, point also uh, with MIT in development of the new central bank digital currency that Biden wrote into executive order, that the Bank of International Settlements said everyone must have operational by 2025. Mm -hmm. And now that these countries are selling our bonds and we're buying them in the the money managers and the public is buying them chasing yield for the first time in, in a 15 years. We're buying the treasuries, all the unfunded liabilities, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, government, military pensions, 130 trillion owed to us. So in that moment where Saudi Arabia says we're done, OPEC says we're done, and that's not far off. UAE just did it, right? And say, look, you guys, we're going a different direction. We don't align ideologically. You're going green. Thanks for the memories like that. Every country that's had to stockpile dollars for 50 years dumps them, creates hyperinflation. Interest rates go to the moon, not at the hand of Powell, but at those bastards, they did it to us. And the system resets. Most of the debt owed to us, have no fear. Lil Brainerd and her central bank digital currency is here. Sign on the dotted line and everything you just lost will now be in your new modern monetary theory account. I do think that this is intended, either that, or everything we've done from destabilizing this country in, in terms of ideologically, in terms of socially, morally, uh, everything that this country once stood for, it, it, it's, it's, it's where the hell did it go? Yeah. Respecting authority and saying the Pledge of Allegiance and, and, and you know, First Amendment rights and now the Second Amendment right. All of the things that, that this country stood for. Um, are, oh, come on, are, you got your government uh, censoring speakers. You know what I mean? That's Absolutely. Been, it's been exposed now. Your your intelligence agencies seem to be behind a lot of this, but they are, you know, working with uh, social media platforms to violate our constitutional rights. But it's not just here. This is happening everywhere. That's where people have to wake up. This isn't just some local thing. This agenda is a worldwide event that's being pushed on us one way or another. Um, the, but agree. you said something about the central bank digital currency. This is another reason why I encourage my listeners to buy gold and silver. In my opinion, it's outside of the system. And locally, you could trade, barter, do whatever you need to do to stay outside of the system. And I encourage people to go to gold and silver all the time. Yeah, well, and at the same time, the central banks who not only are the wealthiest, but they know the playbook. They're the most well-informed players on the planet. And yeah. they've been buying it at record quantities. 
Um, look, bottom line is simply this. I think that, that we are not in position. We are not in a good position to face adversity. We're not united country anymore. We're divided. We're divisive and there's lawlessness and no respect for authority. And that's not a good place to go from. We're broke. We're insolvent. We're at 130% debt to GDP or right there. And there's never been a country that crossed that line that didn't outright default or hyperinflate either one. You don't come back from that. And at the same time, rates are rising. And if we go the other way and we, we pivot like he's hinting at, um, then we just told the world, well, we will never normalize our balance sheet. We will never get our financial house in order. And we're going green. So why the hell would anyone want to sell us their oil or anything of value for a currency in a bond market that, you know, is for the first time in 45 years, a 10-year treasury is more volatile than the price of gold. I mean, what is that telling you? That tells me that the, the big, big money that knows what's coming is buying gold and selling treasuries. And, and that's the next chapter. And who knows what ushers it in or when it happens, but I think it's coming. Yeah, and Lee, you mentioned in there the idea of bartering gold and silver. Andy, that's something that I've had on my list to ask you for the last couple of weeks. But how do you think we're actually going to be using silver five, 10 years from now? Do you think it's going to be something where we'll be seeing a lot more barter? Are there other ways in which it'll be used perhaps similar to what we've seen with products like Kinesis or what do you, what do you see in the future of silver and some of the ways it's actually used? I mean, I've never really crossed that bridge in my mind that it gets that bad. I, although, I mean, I own junk silver and I, I typically only buy one ounce items usually for myself. I mean, I guess inherently I know it could happen. <clears throat> Excuse me, battling a cold. <clears throat> Let's hope God forbid it doesn't happen, but you know, I, I want to just read one thing, um, and and I probably said this on your show the other day, but I think this kind of answers it, and and maybe maybe more so than people are giving credibility for. This is a from a man named Adam Glapinski, who is the head of the Polish National Bank. And by the way, uh, the Polish National Bank has bought the second most gold in the world this year, and. He says, let me just find it. it. It kind of blew me away in reading it. He says, um, holding gold is a matter of financial security and stability. Gold will retain its value even when someone cuts off the power to the global financial system, destroying traditional assets based on electric accounting records. Of course, we at the Polish National Bank do not assume that this will happen, but as the saying goes, forewarned is always insured, and the central bank is required to repair for even the most unfavorable circumstances. This is why we see a special place for gold in our foreign exchange management process. Here you got a head of the Polish bank who's bought more gold this year than everyone but China, saying, well, if they shut the system down and everything's based on electric accounting records, well, sorry. Well, that's what kind of what happened so to speak, in Cyprus, you know, the whole system went down, you couldn't get any money. I'd rather have that option than not. And when I look at my gold and silver, honestly, it's stuff I hope I never need to use ever. I hope I can give it to my kids and them to their kids. <clears throat> Where, you know, in the year 3000, gold and silver that I passed down from, you know, my great, great, great grandchildren, uh, God willing, would be using 
it will still be worth something. And you can't say that about much else. And as Doug Casey has always said, it's an asset that is not simultaneously someone else's liability. So in a world where that kind of shit could happen, uh, you know, the what if questions are hard to answer, but yeah, I'd rather have the ability than not. Yeah, you, you might be surprised over here in our community. We started talking about this about a year ago. What if scenario? You know, I, people weren't even educated on the central bank digital currency. So business owners got together and I explained it to them and they were blown away. And I said, so what is the alternative? And I said, precious metals. So we as a community have to come up with an agreed value. If they try to drive the value down and we know it's BS and they try to force us into the central bank digital currency and we refuse to use it, what are we willing to do as a community? So we have our local bank, it's a local bank, not a normal regular chain bank, and the business owners all discussing what are our options using precious metals? How could we use them to barter, trade? You know, I, I, my roofer came here and re-roofed my house. I, instead of paying him the cash, I asked him if he took gold. You know, at the time he wanted 14000 I gave him 11000 in silver and he took it. You know, back then it was only like 11 or 12 bucks an ounce. So he's more than doubled his money since then. But, uh, you know, that's, that's something that people should think about. If you live in a small community, you should start talking about this just in case. You know, I never I mean? thought I'd see in my life a period of time where, you have what 15 states already or more that have passed legislation saying that gold and silver legal tender coins would be used for all debts, public and private, even paying your property tax. I know it's on the docket down here in Florida right now, but you know, there are, there is a, a grassroots, there is a resistance, there is, there is a, a chance that gold and silver will be used as a form of currency. It's happening. I don't know what kind of adoption we're seeing so far in these states, but this is why you said no one wants to use it. This is why I believe they will blow up the banks, which are all massively over leveraged. They incentivize them to load up on debt. They told them they didn't have to maintain any reserves. So they have huge, no reserves and all of their assets are, are you know, almost a trillion dollars between 700 and a trillion, depending upon who you listen to in unrealized losses. And when the banks blow up and everything goes upside down, well, don't worry. Take the CBDC. We'll make you whole. There will be an event, I think. They will usher in an event that makes everyone have no choice but to accept it for their own good. Because most people that you talk to would say, no, I'm not going to take that. Why would I? You know, I play golf twice a week down here in Florida, a country club I live at, and we we settle up at the end of the day. We play small stakes bets and, and golfing. Well, you want that on the ledger? You know, so point of it is, is that I don't think anyone wants to take a CBDC, but I think it's coming. I think that the people in charge want it, but God, God bless the states like Texas and Wyoming and Idaho and Alaska and North Carolina and Arkansas and Oklahoma and Missouri and Kansas and, and others like Florida who are exploring it or have already passed it like those. So maybe, just maybe, but that's one reason to own it. It's been money for 5,000 years, everything the world's ever thrown at it. It's still money. So yeah, it's it's a good question, Chris. And that's why the bars behind you would not be the thing to do. You know, you have you, you would be a thousand times less flexible with one of those than a one ounce silver coin or a silver eagle. So I got fractionals. Yeah, I, I think everyone should have some silver uh coins, rounds. And I know this week uh our, our company is running a special on pre-65 dimes, quarters, and half dollars. I think they're three bucks over. That's junk silver. 
for the last three years, they've been 13, 14, 12, 15. I mean, way over, almost as high as Silver Eagle. Second highest thing we sold premium wise for the past four years. It was impossible to get. And we have some now and it's things have come back, settled back down. But, you know, I, I envision a point where no one in this country even knows what a bail-in is or that it was written into law in the Dodd-Frank Act. And there's going to be a lot of people wake up to a very, very unpleasant um, reality, a, a religious experience almost. So, Yeah, I, on my channel, I explain to people what the bail-in is. I don't think they realize, you know, you got these people going, well, I have crypto on the south side of the system. I go, have you paid attention to these bills? Because it says they can take your crypto as well. All these cryptos are linked to banks. You, If you're going to buy crypto, it has to come out of your bank account or your credit card is still out of your bank. You're in the system. You're not out of the system. I, I showed them the, the paperwork that came from banks that said, in case we run into a situation where they have a, a, what do you call it, a bank run or something like that, you know how the banks can confiscate what you put in there. But it doesn't say just dollars. It says even cryptos. And I go, how many of you are even aware of this? And a lot of people weren't. And I go, that, that I'm showing you right now that cryptos are included. So cryptos are not a safe haven, not like you physically owning and holding gold and silver. There, there's a book out there. I know, Chris, you've talked about it. And I just watched the the actual, he calls it a movie, but it's not. It's the guy that wrote it. it it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's like a documentary. It's an hour or so it's on YouTube, or you can read the book for free, download the PDF called The Great Taking by David Rogers Webb. And they're planning on taking shit from us all. And if you have debt, uh, basically the whole premise of the book is that the custodian who holds the pooled assets has priority over the beneficial owner. So uh, in the case of securities, stocks, you own stocks, you paid for them, they're in your name, they're held, uh, I think it's, what is it, the DT? Chris, what's the four-letter acronym that holds all the stocks? DTCC. That's it. So all it's all held there in the pooled account. And if the, it doesn't matter if they're in your name, the custodian has rights over you, whoever is holding that pooled account. If the bank goes or the company you bought it from who's indebted goes bankrupt upside down, normally they just give you your securities and it'll go to a different institution. No, not, not now. Now the, the, the custodian has rights over you. And, and he cites case law. It blew me away. I suggest everyone either read it yourself. It's a hundred pages long or watch the, the hour long movie, the great taking.com David Rogers web you can find it on YouTube, the, the little movie or go to the great taking.com and download it for free. It's pretty heavy. And it basically makes it the, the, the case that this is all by design and they're setting it up this debt based system that when it collapses um, and there's case law citing it going back to 08 when Lehman brothers failed that, um, if you don't hold it, you don't own it. And I'm not so sure that pertains to physical metals at a depository that was never spoken of, but it sure as hell was about securities. And uh, it's something I think people should take a look at. Well, bonds aren't a safe haven. Stock's not a safe haven. Crypto's not a safe haven. All these things can be taken from you. They're in the system. So what is the option? Physical gold and silver in your possession if yeah. you don't have it you don't own it yeah well and that's that's what that's what my buddy big swear always says and i i agree with that i understand it counterparty risk i believe will be the dirtiest word or dirtiest phrase that you'll ever hear within the next year or so i really do believe that and you know with the repo market draining the liquidity for businesses uh, is becoming harder and harder and harder to get um 
And I think you're going to see problems in this economy. And um, this is just beginning as far as I'm concerned. It's just beginning and the banks are where it's all going to start. And you're an unsecured general creditor of the bank. And so I think having things in your possession, removing counterparty risk is, is a very good idea. Read that book or watch that movie. You'll look at the world a little bit differently than you did before. Well, and understandably so. I mean, there's a lot of things that we've heard about for years. Um, I guess maybe it seems a little more science fiction 10, 20 years ago, although now there are people like Lee who are pointing out the meetings that are going on at Davos and you actually see some of these things be implemented, let alone what we all lived through a couple of years ago with a certain illness that was going around and you now know, we got a new one. You know, hope that it doesn't get to the point of some of the things that I think are legitimate concerns, but certainly taking some steps to have some protection against that. And obviously, I think there's a good case to be made that we'll see further appreciation in the price of gold and silver. Although, certainly in these past couple of years that I've been doing the show and talking to different people who are digging into the central bank digital currencies and a lot of these other quirky ideas that are out there the i wonder sometimes if maybe the insurance value of metals isn't equally if not even greater than perhaps if we see further price appreciation but of course it is it absolutely is chris and that's a very important thing for you to say it's not about getting wealthy it is wealth it's not about return on your money it's return of it in a system that is at the late stages of of you know, of its run. And that's why, you know, it's not about at this point making all of this money. It's about keeping what you've worked so hard to obtain and removing it from all of this inherent risk that, that the hardest part for me, and maybe it is for you too, Chris, I mean, you and I have gone on walks and talked about these things and, and we both bear the same cross, so to speak, the burden of, of being early, seeing things clearly in our mind that's early, but you know, it's one of these deals where um, if any of these things really do happen, if we lose the reserve status, if we see these types of horrible things with the banks and bail-ins and whatnot, it all makes sense in the blink of an eye. But until then, it's not about getting rich because getting rich owning gold and silver, really what that means is that the dollar that we measure it against collapses because right now gold is at, at or near or has been all year, all-time highs against almost every currency on the planet. It's doing what it's supposed to do around the world. It's just the the unjustifiable strength of the dollar that is blurring and the manipulation of the silver market where, where they can dump 200 million ounces in two hours. I mean, who the F would do that, right? I mean, Chris, you were a trader on Wall Street. And if you had an, uh, someone who said, hey, Chris, I got 200 million ounces to sell uh, of silver, uh, I need you to sell that for me. I mean, would you do it over two hours or would you do it over two weeks? Point of it is by doing it like that, dumping it on the market, you create a perception of reality. You you create a drive-by shooting. And so this is still a controlled market until it's not. And you have the rest of the world making it very difficult for them to continue to do this because like India importing 364 million ounces over the last year to where we are now, 60 million in October, I think. How long before they just run out of the ability to suppress it with real stuff 
or risk literally going out of business by being called on the carpet. And that's when the price of gold and silver and all the world's commodities moves to an exchange in a different part of the world, whether it be in Abu Dhabi or whether it be in Shanghai or whether it be in Moscow, it will not be in London and it will not be in the U.S. because we will be on an island isolated against the majority of the world and looked at as criminals for suppressing the, the, the markets for all of these years for our own gain in, in a very hypocritical way. That's the pushback that this BRICS conglomerate represents to me. But they do things very methodically. They don't do things shotgun like we do. When that switch flips, what we saw Sunday night will be pittance compared to what it will really look like if we see a global shift away from the dollar as a reserve currency. So yeah, I think that's kind of a just a little bit of an appetizer of what you could expect to see where gold and silver have been held down for so damn long, who knows what their real value should be, but it should be much, much higher than it is right now. Andy, I got a question for you because BRICS are talking about releasing a currency that is gold back. So if they do that, does that force everybody else to go into some form of gold back currency? No, I mean, so what they're talking about is potentially a settlement currency that would be pegged to commodities. And when gold was revalued as tier one, it certainly makes sense to use that. Um, but it depends on how they do it. I don't think they will make it a redeemable uh, currency. I think it will be a currency that is pegged to a certain amount of gold will be pegged to each currency unit and they'll use blockchain to show the, the immutability of it. So I don't know how they're going to get to the conversion. And this is why it wasn't issued in August. You know, Jim Rickards said they're going to issue it in August and people were bummed out at the meeting in South Africa. But what they did say was, well, in the meantime, let's trade in local currencies. Now, look at all the deals that are being struck between Brazil and, and China, between Saudi Arabia and China, between Russia and India. All of these countries are trading in local currencies that he chops away little by little by little, logarithmic decay, at the settlement status of the dollar. And they tasked the finance ministers to go back to the drawing board and come back to the meeting in, in Russia next year with their findings on issuing a gold-backed or a currency-backed, commodity-backed, rather, settlement currency. The, the finance minister from Russia has been saying this for years. And that's the only way you'll get people to drink the Kool-Aid again. So the question is, how do you get local currencies to convert into a common currency. And I think that's what they're trying to figure out. And all of it, I believe, will be tied to gold and will be tied to blockchain technology to show the veracity of it. Because President de Gaulle from France proved that convertible currencies convert. And you know, he, he would have drained all of it out of the out of the Fed, out of the Treasury rather, if he had his choice. And that's why Nixon closed the gold window. So instead of making it redeemable, just show the immutability and the veracity of it on a blockchain and have it audited independently. And you have instant credibility. And what they yeah. need to figure out is how all of the countries that are coming together can either trade in their local currencies on what they have called Project M bridge, as in money, which allows cross-border trading, sidestepping SWIFT in their local currencies, and how they could use a common settlement currency backed by gold. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know the math of it. I don't know the physics of it, but I do believe that is exactly what they're trying to figure out and to make work. And the bottom line is maybe that's why all of these countries are loading up on gold, because you will have to pledge a certain amount of gold to this to the ledger to to have access to the new settlement currency. I think that's the direction we're going into. 
Chris, remember, it makes me think about that paper I sent you where it says group one, group two. They're using stable coins, uh, stable coins is what Andy's talking about. And it says the group one has to be backed by gold. You know what I mean? That's why I was wondering what does this paperwork mean? Because on there is deadlines and schedules and it's dealing with the Bank of International Settlement. It's something I came across and I shared with Chris because Chris has a better understanding about this stuff than I do. And I want him to look at this. But as as you're saying what you're saying, that's what's popping in the back of my head, Chris. You know what I mean? Where it said, you know, if they're using blockchain technology and we're talking about gold and it says group one, stable coins backed by gold, they have a different level of acceptance versus the other group. They were talking about the capital treatment behind some of these different types of uh, cryptos and stable coins. And I think they were using gold as just one of the ways of showing how the capital treatment would be allocated. But it was, as you pointed out, interesting to see that they certainly have plans drawn up for involving more of a crypto element into the system and Certainly could be interesting to see uh, a lot of what's unrolled in the next couple of years. I don't transparency is, is what it is, Chris. I mean, you got to have transparency because this system, everyone thinks we're being lied to everywhere we turn. No one believes anything anymore. Everyone is a cynic and rightfully so. And, you know, it, the one thing and I'm not a crypto guy, but the one thing blockchain does do. I was involved with with a group called TradeWinds. And, and they, um, it, it's kind of the, the back of one gold that uh, AppMex and Kitco does. I, I helped actually did the Genesis trade. My, my staff helped build that whole thing out and do the first trade on the blockchain. And I spent a lot of time in New York City with these guys and, and learned about the, plat, the, the blockchain that, that underrode the whole Royal Canadian Mint gold program that, that no longer is in existence. But... I was blown away by blockchain, not crypto, but by blockchain. It could be used for elections. It could be used for home titles. It could be used for a lot of things. The one thing that it does do, it, 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 it has immutability and it shows veracity and truth and transparency. So if you use it as a, as a ledger for the world to see, that that can be audited to verify that yeah it really is here what they say is there you don't need to make it convertible you have instant credibility and i think that's what they will do by marrying the two i don't think it'll be a stable coin as much as it will be a ledger showing this country has this much pledging to the system this country has this and maybe that's what gives everyone equal say you look at the way the bricks are doing things they're not author authoritarian so the presidency revolves each year. It was in South Africa last year. Next year it goes to Russia. Everyone gets the throne. And I think if you want this to work, it cannot be unilateral. It has to be more of a, it can't just be one country that runs the ship. It has to be more of a, a multipolar type of deal where everyone has equal share at the table, equal say. And the only way you do that is, is to everyone to pledge pony up the same thing to the system. I think it works. I think you have a system that works then. And it's the only way a new currency system will great, gain immediate credibility after, after what we've done to the world reserve currency, which has lost 99.9% .9 of its value, you know, go back to its, its roots, go back to 1913. It's worth virtually nothing. And even go back to 1971. I don't know exactly how much it's lost, but north of 90%, I would say.
when we when we decoupled gold from the currency. So in order to get people to, to legitimize any currency, you're going to have to have transparency, not opaque. You're going to have to have veracity and 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 something real, not a debt instrument, a, a tangible item backing it. So, yeah, I, I think that is the ultimate plan. Yeah, and Andy, uh, something else you mentioned earlier about how we're seeing the states looking at gold and silver. Uh, obviously, we, we we talked a bit about the BRICS and what's going on there, but do also find it interesting that the list of people who are talking about gold as some sort of resolution to the current issues that the U.S. is facing, it's not coming just from the gold and silver crowd anymore, so... Uh, a lot of smart people out there who are coming to similar conclusions. And of course, I recommend everyone at home come to your own conclusions, think these things through and see what feels right and makes sense to you. Although perhaps in wrapping up, Lee, I know you have a great channel where you're talking about a lot of these things every day. And uh, maybe you could share with the with the audience where their your channel is and where they can find you to learn more about what you're doing. Yeah, my channel on YouTube is called The Other Side of Things. It used to be Pimpy's Investment Chat, but that's uh, since changed. So the other side of things, it allows me to um, speak openly about a lot of things. These are things that uh, my listeners hear me uh, uh, and ask questions about different types of investments. And I do my best to answer the questions. You know, they ask about Zim dollars, uh, the Iraqi dinar, gold, silver, cryptos, and uh, many other things. So I go into them as, as best as I could to and it's not just me giving an opinion. I also take the time to educate them. And I, I do what's called show the receipts. So I, I say, look, this is where the information comes from. Not only am I going to tell you about it, but you're more than welcome to go to the same link I did to get the information and see yourself. So that's uh, there, there's a lot of different subjects on the channel. Let's put it that way. Well, appreciate that. And the link to that is in the description field below. So Leah, appreciate you being here and sharing some insight with the audience today. And Andy, uh, could you mention again, you said there was a solar special on junk silver, which obviously, as you pointed out, was one of the products where premiums shot quite substantially higher earlier this year, as well as times last year. And perhaps you could just run that by us one more time before we wrap up. Yeah, so we have junk silver <clears throat> at $3 an ounce over the price of silver. And then we also have... 100 ounce silver bars, uh, dealer's choice for, excuse me, $1.45 uh, over uh, per ounce. So that's about as cheap as I've seen them in a long, long, long time. So premiums have kind of bottomed out, Chris, and which, as I've said on your show for the last several weeks, will go down to me as one of the biggest mysteries of all time. You got guys like Butler saying, Ted Butler saying that everything's disappearing on on the industrial level, uh, the big bars, you got all the mints and the ETFs being delivered and drained. Um, and yet there's great availability and low premiums here at a time when the world is scarier to me than it's ever been. So maybe I just am jaded. Maybe I look at things a little bit differently, but I cannot understand for the life of me why premiums are low and availability is good because I think things are a whole hell of a lot worse today than they have been for the last three years, where for the last three years, with the exception of the last few months, you know, high premiums and long delivery delays were just part of the fabric of this industry. And, and now all of a sudden it's the opposite. doesn't make sense to me. It's just a good opportunity for anyone looking to, to do what we've been talking about here tonight. 
Well, appreciate that. And if somebody would like to find out more about those bars or the Junk Silver Special, you can email Arcadia at milesfranklin.com and we'll be happy to get back to you with information about that or answers to anything else that might be on your mind that we can try and help with. So with that said, going to wrap up for now, but Lee from Pimby's Investment Chat, I thank you for joining us. Andy Checkman of Miles Franklin, great to have you here as always. And I have to do this again soon. Good to see Thank uh, you. Thank you Lee. Me. Great to see you, Chris. I love you like a brother and uh, see you guys again soon. All right. Thanks, fellas. Thanks.